0: Welcome to Amplifying Leadership, a place where we talk with guests on their leadership journeys and hear about what they think is key to becoming a great leader. My name is Tara Lehman, and I'm a partner, coach, and consultant at Twin Life Coaching and Business Services, of which amplifying leadership is a decision. For our leadership clients, we support you through this podcast and various leadership growth services. To learn more about our Amplifying Leadership division and our community, please visit AmplifyingLeadership.ca. Today, I am welcoming Steve Gatotorta, the owner of Steve Gavatorta Group, where he specializes in empowering individuals and organizations in identifying, developing, and exceeding performance goals. Welcome to the show.
1: Thank you. Happy to be here from uh, sunny Florida. <laughs>
0: yes, I'm happy to speak with someone from Florida these days.
1: That's right. So
0: our audience knows I'm actually near Toronto in Canada. Nice. So I always like to start the conversation with learning a little bit more about you and how you came to leadership, about your leadership story. So why don't you go ahead and get us started?
1: It's a, you know, it's interesting. I've, I, I think leadership came late to me, to be honest with you. I was uh, growing up, I was always an athlete. I played football. I played baseball. I wrestled. And, you know, I was good at what I, all those sports, but I never considered myself a leader. You know, I was maybe okay. a cap, a, selected a captain a couple of times, but I never, you know, I might have led by example more than being outward and, and, and leading from that perspective. And I think leadership really came about. And I played college football as well, too. Mm-hmm. It didn't, didn't hit me there. And again, maybe <laughs> more the leading by example, but it really came uh, my understanding of, the need to become a better leader and exhibit leadership skills occurred in my first job out of college, probably okay. about two or three years into my job when I got promoted into a job called area manager. And I had to coach lead 13 salespeople. Oh, um, wow. Yeah, selling our product. So, yeah, so it was thrown at me pretty good. <laughs> thrown in, in, yeah. Yeah, the company I worked was—they was, were very good in training and development. They coached people, they trained people, and gave us the skills to be effective leaders. So that's really, um, I think, how leadership uh, really, when it was first needed to be exhibited in my life—not needed, but when it first did. Let's put it
0: that way. When it came to you, exactly. and so now, what about your business? How did you come to that?
1: Yeah, I, as I said, my—I was lucky. My first job out of college. Um, was with a company called Beecham Products. All of uh, Beecham Products' upper-level management were former Procter & Gamble people. So okay. back in the day, Procter & Gamble was known as the creme de la creme in training. So our managers brought a lot of that culture with them. And okay. through that, um, I found a passion and a niche for training and development. Helping people. I I had a few times in my career where I struggled and was primarily because of bad training from a manager. So I knew I knew what it meant to someone's career to be well trained versus poorly trained and very important meant. Yeah. And what it meant to yeah. someone's career, you know, uh, I, I've been in situations where I was struggling a job because of poor training and my career could have t- taken a, a different a trajectory, a negative trajectory than it did. Unfortunately, I had mainly good trainers and my career, I had a great c- corporate career path, spent 20 years in corporate America, primarily with consumer packaged goods companies. And as I was closing out that time, I really had a love of training, coaching, helping people. And um I decided to leave cold turkey 20 years ago, and 20 years later, I'm still running Steve Gavatorta Group. So long story short, it's passion. I love training and developing people. I love helping people. I love lay, uh, laying down skills to help people be successful and help them solve problems uh, in their maybe uh, professional lives or, uh, if it's broader, help companies grow their business.
0: Sounds like you're speaking to my heart.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That great, great career path to be on, right?
0: Yes, exactly, exactly. So when you were developing yourself as a leader in the early days to even now leading your own company as a business owner, what would you say is one of the biggest obstacles you had to overcome?
1: Well, initially, it was not being too dictatorial. You know, we
0: were,
1: it was a very high pressure uh, company. We had low market shares. So we had to compete against high market share competition. So we, I sold Aquafresh. We were selling against Colgate and Crest. So we had to be three times as good as Procter (laughs) & Gamble and Colgate. So, It was a pressure-packed organization. I think my leadership when I first started was very dictatorial. My way or the highway. You know, it was, Mm -hmm. although I learned skills, I probably, and I didn't, it wasn't a a Napoleon complex. It was just about getting results. Mm -hmm. And that time through my career, I I definitely softened my approach. Um, I became certified, especially in owning my business, I became certified in the behavioral assessment DISC. I'm certified Mm -hmm. Myers-Briggs, I'm certified Mm -hmm. at Bar on EQ. So I came to realize later in my career that not all people are motivated the same way. And I should have known that already because I knew certain bosses, you know, (laughs) didn't necessarily know how to lead and motivate me. So uh, initially it was just, you know, not really understanding how to push the hot buttons of different people. Let's put it that way.
0: Yeah. And we're all very different in our personalities when it comes to, you know, when you talk about DISC and Myers-Briggs it's, it's knowing that audience as a leader and it takes time to really understand that. And then you have like a new person come in and you've got to learn that person and, and all Absolutely. things about them as well. So glad you mentioned that because with yeah. leadership, it's very, very important to know the audience, your employees, well, your vendors, whoever, right?
1: Yeah, I do a lot. I do workshop. My core business focuses on things such as uh, consultative selling skills, leadership slash manager effectiveness, uh, team building, or dealing with uh, real-world environment situations like uh, conflict or change. And Mm -hmm. um, the foundational element I always teach in all those, whether it's sales, leadership, manager effectiveness, team dynamics, dealing with change, it is laying the foundation of understanding people, whether it be, again, using Myers-Briggs or DISC, and Mm -hmm. the understanding to be a good salesperson, you've got to be able to know your customer, not only their needs, but their style. To become a great leader, you've got to know the style dynamics of your respective team. Um, To deal with change, you've got to know that people deal with change differently. So um, I think that's one of the foundational elements of of, of any great leaders. They really have the hot button uh, button of of their people. I I use a Vince Lombardi quote, one of the greatest football Mm -hmm. coaches ever, uh, he, I'm paraphrasing, but he stated something like he needed to know 40 different ways to motivate and communicate with 40 different men.
0: Mm-hmm. And he's
1: one of the greatest coaches ever. And it's because he knew the style dynamics of his teams and how to motivate different players and treat people and communicate with players differently to get the best
0: out of them. So which is a great lead into what I want to talk about next, which is the word communication. As we all know, leaders need to have great communication. And you also mentioned change management. Mm -hmm. And I'd like to come to that because change is crazy in our world these days. It's happening all the time. (laughs) And, you know, I was recently talking to someone in the tech industry and their, their regulations change minute by minute. Mm -hmm. So when we think about change in communication what do you, what would you say are some of the fundamental things that leaders need to remember and then do when it comes to change management with communication?
1: Yeah. And, and, you know, you're stating kind of this, our world that I, even before COVID hit the tagline for my business, I stated, we are in a fast paced, high tech, ever evolving world yeah. changes, hitting us faster, adversity, striking deeper. And uh, the need speed at which we need to make decisions is getting shorter and shorter. One of my biggest clients, speaking in the same dynamic, uh, uses an acronym of VUCA. VUCA, yes. We're in a VUCA world. Volatility, uncertainty, change, and ambiguity. That is our new world. So great leaders need to be able to function through these adverse times. So I think one of the biggest things is really under, uh, raising your uh, your emotional intelligence as a leader. Mm-hmm. Yes. And what, what I talk about are three things with EQ. One is intrapersonal skills, knowing yourself. Um, and what I mean, knowing yourself, it means understanding how you behave, how you communicate, how you're motivated, how you deal with change, risk, and conflict, how you make decisions, how you deal with adversity. Because you need to know that about yourself in order to manage yourself through these Crazy time.
0: 100%. Yeah, absolutely. And then
1: the second one is in. So, first, it's intrapersonal skills, that's self awareness. Secondly, is interpersonal skills, knowing those same attributes about those people with whom you're leading. So, mm-hmm. you can know the hot buttons who does well with change, who doesn't do well with change, who makes fast decisions, who makes slower decisions, who's motivated by facts, who's motivated by relationships. So mm-hmm. the more you understand that yourself, your people, the more effective leader you're going to be. And then the last part of that is adaptability. How well do I and my team adapt under this VUCA world, so to speak? Mm-hmm. So, so this ability to change, I think it's more important than ever to, to push change by understanding the dynamics of the people with whom you're leading um, mm-hmm. and, and being able to push the hot buttons. There are certain people that love change and embrace change. That's a good thing, but sometimes they may move too quickly. Yes, for others, other people don't like change. It's about understanding the dynamics of your team, the people with you're leading, and how you motivate them to act sooner uh, than they would, would would normally act. If that makes sense,
0: it does. Yes, and I know with change management, most times leaders know about these changes. If it's corporate world, you know, or ERP, or something like that some of these changes, not the VUCA world changes, but some other yeah, changes yeah. in advance and they've accepted it. They've gone through whatever stages of change they go through. And some of some leaders forget that their employees are just learning today. Exactly. And uh-huh. do you see that in your practice? And what, what is a, like a piece of advice you could give to people around communication when it comes to that?
1: Oh, I do. I, I think people, you know, I think especially as a leader, you're carrying the flag. You know, you're leading the change. You're leading the charge. You have to deliver the message. But you can never forget the fact that all the people on your team don't move the same, don't embrace change the same. So I think from a strategic level, knowing your team and knowing how you're going to push the hot buttons on getting those people to move faster. You know, diversity is a big word today. word today. I like diversity of style. So if you look at DISC, the four styles, each deal will change differently. A dominant style loves change. They embrace change. Influencers pretty much like change. Steadiness and compliance styles don't necessarily like change. They move slower. But if I can leverage the strength and dynamics of my team, we may not move as fast as I may want as a leader. But if I'm leading properly, I can get this team to move faster. Than they would have uh, if I hadn't uh, approached them in a in a, in a manner relevant to them, does that make sense?
0: It absolutely does, and I hundred percent agree because, as you mentioned earlier, we're all different. we all accept communication differently, we all use different types of communication that are stronger from us than others. you know maybe you're not a text messenger, but you're an emailer you know when it That's comes right. to written communication, who knows. Um, So, yeah, I absolutely can appreciate, you know, DISC is a good example because it does look at, you know, four different almost personality types Mm -hmm. in business and and in general. Um, But yeah, and how to get to helping each of those levels as a leader is so important. Go ahead.
1: Yeah, I know my personal style. When I am pressured, I tend to shut down. Mm -hmm. You know, I may nod and act like I'm okay, but deep down, I'm not. You know, so someone help trying to uh, get me to embrace a change is going to have to approach me in a way that, that is more accepting. Give me reason. Give me time to think about this. Why yeah. I want to do this. I'm not saying a year, but help me understand why we need to do this, how there is benefit to this. So, my style, mm-hmm. you know, a person may, may need to approach me differently than someone else because my I am not a big change agent. Initially, if someone gives me the reason why I can understand it, I embrace it, then I'll move quickly. But but each person's different. I also talk about, um, I published two books. My second book is called In Defense of Adversity, Turning Your Toughest Challenges mm-hmm. into Your Greatest Success. And I talk about brain functionality and how the brain functions under stress. Um, mm-hmm. And and how people, based on their disc style, when they're under stress, they're not thinking rationally, and their response to things is going to be emotional—freeze, fight, or flight. Yeah. So mm-hmm. if someone's pu- if someone's pushing me too hard as a leader, I may fall in a freeze mode or, or, or anger mode, yeah. or and I'm no longer productive. So it's imperative of leaders. To again understand the dynamics of their team, so they're approaching them in a manner relevant to them, so that keeps them in a rational state of mind, and they are more willing to accept a new change. Hey, listen, I'm not saying I'm 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 a pretty direct guy. I come from a, a, you know a tough coal mining background. I'm not talking baby okay. talk or or or, or coddling people. Mm-hmm. I'm just understanding, knowing I'm just stating knowing the hot buttons on how to get people to act sooner rather than later.
0: Mm-hmm. No, I love that because you know we are different, and we don't want to coddle people when change has to happen in our that's rapidly right. changing world um but definitely know your audience, know who they are and how they need to be communicated that's um, right. What do you think? maybe we can stick with change management if that's okay mm-hmm. with you sure. um what do you think in general would be some of the biggest obstacles people are having you know with change, and maybe the change that we're all rapidly seeing i mean the world changes daily either technology or whatever else is going on out there um what do you think maybe some of those biggest obstacles are
1: i think it again it varies by people i think some people don't think that the change is smart right. so they're going to dig in their heels they don't agree with the change it doesn't make sense mm-hmm. i don't want to do that that it's a dumb thing to do that you know they may dig in their heels deeper other people may be afraid of it You know, another person doesn't think it's the right thing or it's more of an aggressive approach. Other people might be afraid. You know, I, I don't understand why we're doing this. It's going to be worse than before. Or, or what does it mean for me down the road? The uncertainty, so to speak.
0: Yes. So I yes. think it
1: falls into two buckets. One, I don't agree with it. I think it's stupid. And I think there's another one that's un- based around more uncertainty. What's it mean for me? I got to learn something new. with well, is my job going to be safe? So I think it's the, uh, you know, a little bit of uh, a little bit of both of those.
0: I'm finding with my own practice that there's a lot of fear out there yeah. with a lot of different things. And, and if it's personal, it's starting to come into work and you know, the change scares people because they're so fast, right? Is there any key tips that you can share? I mean, we talk disc, obviously know your audience, but yeah. other ones on how we can help our employees understand that change is happening. And maybe if they're having something going on with the fears at home yeah. that, you know, they feel safe at work.
1: Let's go backwards to my book a little bit, what I talk about sure, brain absolutely. functionality. Um, in my book, I talk about two parts of our brain. Um, the first is called our limbic system. That's mm-hmm. known as our emotional brain. And that's that's what we're born with. Um, when we're in the limbic system, our response to a situation is going to be emotional, freeze, fight, or flight. Mm-hmm. our limbic brain does not grow, transform, or evolve through time. It is what it is. So when we were babies, when we were hungry, we cried. Um, mm-hmm. When we were cavemen or women, we saw a tiger coming, we ran. That's our yeah. limbic <laughs> system taking place. And as you can imagine, when you're trying to deal with a situation, solve a problem, think creatively, uh, resolve conflict, or say the right thing, if we're functioning in an emotional state of freeze, fight, fr- freeze, fight, or flight, we're not going to be on top of our game. Yeah, yeah. The other part of our brain is known as the cortex. That's our rational brain. That is that is where reason and logic lie. That's where we the, the cortex does grow, transform and evolve through time through mm-hmm. our life experiences, good and I think especially bad, through our education system and through training. What's near and dear to your your heart and my heart. Yeah. That's why I'm so passionate about it, because if people aren't trained on how to be successful in a job, their cortex muscle, so to speak, is not developed.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So and I've seen this in, in sales calls, sales reps who may hear a customer objection and they don't know how to solve it, may start sweating, they'll get angry, they'll push back or they'll shut down, they their functioning in that limbic part of the brain.
0: Mm-hmm. So through
1: training and development, you can develop that cortex. So what I tell great leaders, again, connecting the dots between the disc styles, each style, when it's functioning in a rational part of their brain, brings a lot of great value. Each style, when they're functioning in a limbic part of the brain, can bring trouble. So typically I say a dominant style when they're in the, they're great at, at being aggressive, getting things done, tackling challenges, multi- tasking multi-irons in a fire when, when they're in a the cortex, when they're rational mm-hmm. brain, but when they're in the emotional limbic brain, they can be, ang- be prone to anger, being sh- prone to being short fused, getting frustrated easy. Right. So each of these styles have the ability to be successful when they're in that rational part of the brain. So I think the most important thing leaders need to do is be rational in the face of uncertainty, obstacles or change, And in turn, keep their people functioning in that rational reasoning part of the brain. Because if I'm emotional as a leader, I'm not successful. And I can put someone else in a negative emotional state too. Mm -hmm. So hypothetically, if I lose my patient, I get angry, I start yelling, we're not moving fast enough. We need to move quicker. There's a chance I'm going to shut my direct reports down because they're going to say, I'm not moving too quick. So great leaders need to keep functioning in a rational part of the brain for themselves, but keep their people thinking and functioning rationally. Um, Because once again, when we are in a irrational state of freeze, fight, or flight, we cannot solve problems. We cannot think creatively. We uh, may say the wrong things we're not going to be able to deal with change adequately, so the ability to raise our e q be a rational thinker and keep our team rational during these times that is in my 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 viewpoint is a point of differentiation for leaders and the companies and people with whom they're leading
0: yeah, and I mean to talk about the the angry or negative leader, and if you have those. You, you bring that to your team and it just causes even more fear that they won't speak up. They won't share, they won't feel heard or welcomed, you know, and diversity um, and inclusion, those words that we hear so often now, I mean, people need to feel included. They want to feel welcomed. Right.
1: And if you you're leveraging the strengths, if we go by again, the disc styles, if you're leveraging the strengths of your team, the dominant style is a go getter, get things done. Let's move this forward. An influencer, I'm talking when these styles are functioning in our optimum state. Right. Yeah. An influencer is a great champion, a positive person, a great champion, wants to get everybody else excited. A steadiness style is a very collaborative person and moves at a slower pace and can see the, the importance of maybe mo- moving a little slower. The compliance style brings a lot of analytic skills. And can maybe pull the team back if they're moving too fast. Mm-hmm. So each style, when they're thinking on, when they're functioning at rational state, optimizing their their capabilities really brings a lot to the table during a change initiative. It's mm-hmm. incumbent upon the leader to he or her themselves keep functioning at rational state, keep their team functioning at rational state, so we're all functioning uh, making good decisions, solving problems, yeah. being creative, and all so, so on and so forth. Does
0: that make sense? It, it does. It's like taking every good part of every person you have and and helping it work together.
1: Exactly. You yeah. know, I, I hear people. You hear people like the dominant style. If they or don't agree with a, ch- a ch- some a change, they're going to be vocal about it. They're going to dig their heels in mm-hmm. deep. A compliance style, if they're f- afraid of it, you're not giving me a good reason to change, they may dig in their heels deeper. So mm-hmm. someone may think both people are like, you know, they're they are not team players. They're not willing to embrace this change. No, that's not true. There's reasons they're not embracing these changes. And based on their styles, there are two different reasons, even though they both look like they're digging their heels. Yeah. Um, one doesn't <laughs> agree with it. One is afraid of it if that makes sense. Yes.
0: Yeah, that's a great way of saying it and putting it. Thank you for that. If you were to leave our audience today with that one big tip, something we haven't mentioned already that you want to leave with them today, what would you say that is?
1: Yeah, I would say invest in doing things to raise your emotional intelligence as a leader. Take an assessment, do everything you can to understand yourself. Um mm-hmm. with these still with these tools, understand ways will do assessments on your team, understanding your team dynamics, and understand how those two interact and, and, and understand the importance of keeping a rational state of mind in this VUCA ever-evolving yeah. world. Again, volatility, uncertainty, change, ambiguity. That is, I hate the phrase the new norm, so to speak. Yes. But it's, it's, but with this said, it's imperative that leaders and or their teams stay rational, stay calm. You know, it's it, it's a phrase, you know, keep cool. It's going to be okay, keep calm. And, you know, most people are like, I don't want to keep calm. I don't want to yeah. keep cool. I am. But, but, there's, but there's brain science behind that. It's just mm-hmm. not lip service. So it's imperative that we realize when we're functioning in our cortex, part of the brain, a rational state of, of mind, as a leader and as an intact team, we're going to be successful. We are going to see our way through adversity. We are going to be able to see our way through ambiguity, uncertainty, and change. When we're not uh, functioning in the, that rational state of mind, we're not going to be able to solve problems. We're not going to be able to effectively deal with change. So. Um, being calm, cool, collected, rational is not just a phrase. There's brain functionality behind mm-hmm. that and invest in yourself to learn as much as you can about yourself and the people you're leading.
0: I think that's a great way to end our episode today, invest Thank in you. yourself. Mm-hmm. And I think that's first, if you yes. agree with me and then yes. your team, absolutely love it. Yeah. So let our listeners know if they wanted to learn more about you or find out more about your business, how can they reach you?
1: First thing I do is just Google my name. There's plenty of stuff out there. Uh, Steve Steve Gavatorta G A V A T O R T A, and with that, you'll be able to uh, see my website. You can visit my website. Um, I have plenty of uh, good content on social media. I have a pretty robust awesome. YouTube site as well, too. Awesome. Um, that I have a lot of instructional videos that, that you know, I talk a lot about this brain functionality and leadership, a lot of information there. And um, feel free to buy my book, In Defense of Adversity. There's a link on that if you Google my name, too. So
0: That's great. Thank you so much. Awesome. And congratulations on your books. Thank you. Well, thank you very much for sharing your story with us today and some awesome conversation.
1: Thank you, it was a pleasure.
0: And of course, thank you to our listeners. We do hope you're taking away some great tips from Steve today. Leaders need to continually grow and develop for themselves and their team. If you want support and development, or perhaps want to join a leadership community, please visit us at amplifyingleadership.ca, a twin life coaching and business service division. Until next time, please be safe and be an amazing leader or leader to be.